I, I'm not normally one to do that, like those annoying Facebook, Twitter, whatever the right social media platform thing of like your, your first name, the month you were born, your mother's maiden name, things that are obviously data mining you, but I do look at them and at least figure out what the thing is. I really post them and I went through one this week and got windmill cancer will abolish the suburbs. And what? <laughs> I, I don't remember the context. I think it was like, it was something to do with the election, I think. But it was like, but it was one of these things where I, I know intellectually that windmill cancer refers to the cancer one gets from windmills fictitiously. But in my mind, because I'm a sick individual, I envisioned windmill cancer. You know, the cancer that infects windmills. And I pictured, like, all of, like, the Dutch countries being like, Oh no, this windmill cancer epidemic is destroying our livelihoods! Damn you, Charlie, of wicked awesome cast in your windmill cancer! I, like, I, I've not stopped laughing. Like I, I'll just, like, stop something in my life right now. Just think windmill cancer. It's a solid 30 seconds of me chuckling under my breath after I think it for a couple seconds. Like, it's truly, it's the dumbest concept ever that my brain, like, because it knows, like, oh, it's not that. It's it's a bullshit, faggy science thing. But I'm like, but what if it actually is a cancer that affects windmills? I keep, like, picturing windmills and getting chemotherapy and shit like that, like they're humans. It's like, it's just, it's my brain doing dumb, it's tired and exhausted and full of bullshit stuff with the phrase windmill cancer. Uh, wouldn't that be more like dry rot or something, I, you I, know? I, Since they're, like, like the olden times of old-timey ones that people imagine still exist are made of fucking wood. Yeah, I, I thought that too, but again, like, cancer's technically the buildup of, like, excess cells. Like, So maybe it's a windmill, like, sprouting <laughs> off of a windmill or something, or it's like, you put too Bunch much... of tiny windmills? Yeah, like... exactly, like, it's skin cancer for windmills. It's like, it's like tiny, yes, exactly, it's bulbous windmills popping off of existing windmills. Let's go to the windmill doctor and like, oh, I've got to lance that windmill or take it off. Uh, we're glad you came in before it came a full another windmill. Yeah, that now it sounds like either a mixture between body horror and like uh, fractals. Yeah. Like fucking Don Quixote's riding around the countryside. I tried to stop this! Oh, it it's the absolute dumbest thought I've had in a long time, but yeah, I, I think about windmill cancer a lot. Not like the fake science thing, but the like Lovecraftian horror of, of windmills that have cancer, and I can't stop laughing at it. Like, and, and it was one of these things where it's like on this list there was like significantly more viable things, and I got fucking windmill cancer. I'm just like, oh, this hurts so much to laugh at. Of course, it would be windmill cancer. Like, I'm like, do I change my gamer tag to this? Like, that's an amazing name. Or the name of your metal band. Yeah. But only if you're, like, only if you're from a country that has significant windmills. Or a country with, like, zero windmills. You're like, hello, we are Windmill Cancer. You know who we are, because we have no windmills! Yeah, I don't know. In a very weird week, it was a fantastic moment of absolute dumb levity that I'm like, yeah, we will cancer. Fuck it. Of course, this was linked to my name in this dumb poll. Of course. Of course, yeah. it will abolish the suburbs. Not destroy the suburbs. Windmill cancer will abolish. That implies windmill cancer takes legal action 
against the suburbs. Yep. (laughs) Now you're getting it. Yeah. Now that's actually, I believe, the gold mine there is the thought of this ridiculous thing then going to court. Yes. This Lovecraftian creature crawling its way into court and then legally abolishing the idea of suburbs from the world. Which is inherently an abstract concept into itself, so yeah. Which I, I, and I really wouldn't be against. Yeah. Lovecraftian constructs of suburbs and windmill cancer duking it out in the eternal plane. (laughs) Now you're getting it. And welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 226. Yes, we have gotten this far. Just today is just the two of us. I am Kraken Zero, and aka Henry, and with me is Charlie, aka Mordak Undivided. I'm always here, like even if I'm not here, I'm on the podcast at this point, I think. Essentially, I mean, since you're the one who generally does all the editing, yes, yes, you are. Even if you your voice wasn't on it, and we have apparently lost Alex to the extra life. We're not sure what happened. We're pretty sure extra life got him. Yeah, just late streaming, long term late streaming. Yeah, it, it yeah, turns out twenty four yeah. hours video gaming takes it out of a person. Yeah, yeah, go figure. But yep. Just just uh, the pair of us today, there are things to talk about, like I'm going to include talking about the week, not just the week prior, but two weeks ago, because I was missing, and I can also talk about why I was missing, I guess, a little bit too, but anyways, um, yeah, I guess we're here to talk about games and stuff and life. Uh, what have you been up to? I've been playing uh, a video game and my favorite uh, game as a uh, metalhead, the game of Is This Band Nazis, which I, I know we've talked about here on the podcast before, but oh, I stumbled yeah. across and it. I'm very familiar with that, you know, being, yeah, also being a metalhead. So, I, yeah. I stumbled upon a bunch of new bands and spent a big chunk of this week playing Can I Actually Like This Band? And they all came back. Yes, yes, in fact, you can. So I'm very happy about this. Um, Good for you. Sometimes it's quite sad to find out, oh, I really like this song. It sounded awesome. And they're like, oh, God, they're they're Nazis. Yeah. And that neo-neo-Nazis is just like, hmm. Yeah. Rammstein is like the line there where I'm like, no, you, you guys are progressive, but you're also idiots. But you're also progressive, but you're also idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're also like the most German band out there possible, like, which doesn't help things occasionally. Uh, but the actual video game I played is Ghost Runner. Hmm. What is that? All right, so Ghost Runner is a first-person platforming? I, I... Ghost Runner is the game you get if you got the guys that made um, Titanfall specifically the level where the room is being like where the house building thing is being constructed around you as you plat through through the uh what's it called the uh foundation facility 
and the people that made the good parts of um fuck, what's that free running game called? Uh um uh, Mirror's, Mirror's Edge. Edge. Yes. Yeah. If you got the like the good parts of both of those teams together and like gave them a shit ton of speed and said, yo, make a ninja game, this is the game you get. Uh so it is a platforming a movement definitely platform absolutely some grapple hooking focused stealth action game and by stealth I, think I may have seen like a like something for it a trailer for it possibly. yeah it's they've done a really i think at least they've done a really bad job advertising this game because the advertisement for this game should just be yo you want more titanfall like I was on the fence for this thing. I watched some videos for it, and I'm like, yeah, this looks cool, but I'm not sure it's for me. And then a bunch of reviews came in for the game that basically were, do you think the Titanfall 2 campaign is the best thing ever in video game, like first-person shooter dumb narratives? And I'm like, yes, I do. And they go, do you want a game that's just kind of the bizarre platforming puzzles of that game? And I went, I sure do. And they go, then check out Ghost Runner. And I'm like, okay, I I will. And... The game is far from perfect. I, I got it for thirty bucks off Epic Store. I, it's the story for this game. I kind of almost wish wasn't there, and the game was just like, <laughs> "Yo, you're a ninja assassin. Go wall run people to death and shit." It's there. It, 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 it's it's conveyed by just people talking in your head. One of them is obviously evil, and one of them is the leader of the revolution and or like human uprising. It's not totally clear and doesn't really factor in that much into my wall running to slash some dude in half with my katana like <laughs> it doesn't need to be there and i kind of wish it wasn't because it happens and you're like oh yeah there's plot to this game and it like it made me fuck up when i was doing this intricate wall running section but at the same time it's like ah, i guess context is important um th- the game also borrows some from the kind of like the infinite runner dna of video games out there where this is a game that if you're not in motion in some way, shape, or form, you're probably about to die. Uh, you die in one hit, or like two hits, depending on the situation. Almost, I think every enemy I've encountered so far, so long as you actually hit them, dies in one hit. Sometimes they have shields you have to like get behind and stuff, but you have wall runs, you have grappling hooks, you have some cool sliding, you have an air dash, you have some slow-mo time, you even have like parry bullets back at people abilities you unlock eventually. Like, it's it's everything you'd expect from a game that is, yo, what if we gave the Titanfall 2 team swords? Yeah, but, like, swords, and, like, <laughs> you're playing either a cyborg, which is straight-up android ninja, I'm not sure which, it doesn't actually fucking matter at all. You have amnesia, which doubly adds to the doesn't-matter kind of thing. Like, it's... The game is cool, it's 30 bucks, I have fun playing it, I... I'm playing it on PC with a controller because I think the you can totally play this game with mouse and keyboard. I think just something about the flow of joysticks helps this game out a little bit. Like I, I love Titanfall too on all platforms it exists on, and some that it doesn't even exist on. But I will always stand by like that game's a little bit easier from a like motion standpoint with thumbsticks as opposed to mouse and keyboard for me. And I think this hmm. game is no different. Um, there's an upgrade tree. It's fine. It does the cool thing where it's not just like, hey, here's your skill grid. Go around these circles. It's like, nah, here are some Tetris-shaped pieces you have to plug into your body? Operating system? Doesn't matter. You play Tetris to install upgrades. 
and it justifies why you can't have all the upgrades. And it doesn't need to be there, but it's cool and it's fun. It's got me, and it's like me sitting there going, like, this is dumb, but exactly what I want from this game. Now, if only the narrators were like less serious and more like, yo, you gotta hit that ledge. Yeah, you're gonna hit that ledge. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird one. Like the the checkpointing is pretty good. I've had it fuck me up a couple times. I. The enemies, I get why they're there, but also part of me is like, you could have made this game without enemies, and it would have been just fine, too. Like, it's... They made a cool game. It's not the best game ever made, but I definitely think it's a cool-ass video game. I have fun playing it. It's... You're playing a cyber ninja that feels like a cyber ninja. Like, it, it has a real good sense of speed, too, which I think a lot of games like this tend to fuck up. The wall running feels good. Uh, yeah, it it's exactly what it is. There's not much else going on unless, like, Unless there's some big reveal that happens in the next, like, I don't know, like, I think about halfway through the game, like, unless that happens, which it might, I don't think it's going to, but in theory it might, I just don't think it's that type of game. It's not super long, each level will probably take you between, like, a half hour, an hour to get through, um, yeah, it, yes, it's, that game is exactly what that game is, down to, like, you know... Eventually, these types of levels are coming to you eventually, and they're probably going to suck when you get there. And you're like, "Yeah, okay, now we're now we're wall running on spinning things, yay!" Yeah, it's I don't know. I this game exists if you're the person that played the foundry level from Titanfall Two. They again are literally building a house around you and wanted more of that because that's what this game is. Like it's. It's not a super colorful game, like, it, it, it's fine, like, enemy shields are blue, wall running spaces are orange, everything else is kind of shades of industrial. I, I think the game, I, to compare it to Titanfall 2 again for a second, I think the game could use some of the humor Titanfall 2 had, like, where Titanfall 2 was still a weirdly serious kind of war game, it did have a level where a button prompt popped up that said, press button to time travel. And I think that actually, like, that's the type of game Titanfall 2 was. I think that kind of, like, we get this is inherently a little bit ridiculous would actually make this game better. I, I'm i not sure how it fits story-wise, because I think the story is pretty kind of meh, whatever. But I think, like, it could use a little more levity of, like, yeah, why not fucking throw in a port where you're going, like, you're platforming through time travel circles? Do it! Why not? Who cares? It's a game where I can, like, run 30 feet across the wall, jump, then run another 30 feet across the wall. A physically impossible task! I can already slow down town. Fuck it, why can't I travel through a time hole? Yeah, I, I'm having fun. I yeah, I just wish it a little bit goofier, I guess, but at the same time, that's not the game they made. It's, it's, it's absolutely fine. It's a lot of fun. There'll be a speedrunning community around this game eventually. It keeps track of your scores. It's a thing. Um... It's keeping me sane while I wait for uh, Destiny 2 New Light or Beyond Light and the uh, Valhalla thing to unlock. I, it drives me nuts that I have those two things sitting on my desktops right now. I'm just looking at them, and they're like, we don't unlock yet. And I'm like, I know you don't, you sons of bitches programs, but let me play you, goddammit. Yeah, uh, also, uh, you got the Beyond Light Collector's Edition, I didn't did, you? And I did, and it, it cleared quarantine finally. We got an email about that last week, I think. So, have you got it actually physically in there yet? Yes, I... Okay. I, 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 have I, you heard about the ARG that's connected to I it? am in the ARG. I have submitted my blinking image code to the ARG that 
smarter people than me that know what the fuck they're doing will figure out. <laughs> I, I have done my part. Um, I, I I unpock that box. I the shard of darkness. I think it was called the 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 big collector item of that thing. I think will go down forever as quite possibly my favorite ever collector's item from a video game dumb collector's edition thing ever. Um, flashing pyramid. Yeah, it's made of metal though. Like the thing is actually That's metal. Cool. It's got some. It's it's heavy. So it actually like, will last. Well, yeah, and beyond That's that, it's heavy. Like it's. I, I like it when things have a weight to them that they visually feel they should. Nothing yeah. annoys me more than like when a thing looks like it's heavy and it's light. Like this thing, you know when you're holding it, and I'm like, "That's really cool." That's actually really nice. Yeah, I, I I wish the flask that came with it was glass and not plastic, but I get why it's not glass. I actually haven't bought the expansion. I, I'm i basically waiting to see, like, A, if it'll have a sale on it, you know, and B, how good? How good is it? Yeah. Is it worth me buying, buying it? I mean, could I just get along on what exists for free? Or at least, you know I mean? That already exists, I suppose. I think you'll get the new subclass. Then I don't know though, because a bunch of stuff is going away. Yeah, I don't know what free to play is going to be like in the upcoming year. Yeah, I think that'll be. I think that'll be a a part of the. Yeah, like how much if they're going to. Yeah, and they haven't really talked about this. If they are going to sort of portion off any more from the free to play into the pay to play. Yeah, I fully admit I have no idea what you actually can a- what you actually have access to from the free to play end of the spectrum. Yeah, and what you will going forward. Yeah, yeah, like as far as with the new expansion. Yeah, no clue. They haven't really talked about that. I haven't seen any anybody talk about that in depth at all. And I think that's actually a little bit important for well, somebody like me who indeed plays has bought the previous expansions. But not the current, but like is skeptical about the current one because yeah. there's a whole lot of not sure. No, I think it will be interesting to see what that's like. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's coming. Cyberpunk's delayed, and that stuff is coming. I. Yeah, I decided that. You know, I well, I guess I didn't really decide it so much as just like I just didn't bother with trying to get like. Xenophage or a lot of the other you know weapons that are basically Xenophage going away. will still be around in theory. That location's not going away. Um, or let's see, what do you get from Zero Hour? That's outbreak. Yeah, that's outbreak, outbreak perfected. perfected. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't gone after that. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just it's. I don't know. It, yeah, I just, I guess I could have, but I'm just, I'm not that buried to just having to have it. Yeah, and that's probably a healthier perspective. I don't know if I would really use it often at all, even if, like, you know, on a raid or whatever. Yeah, like, I think that that gun's importance will be decided once the kind of new exotic system happens, and we'll see, because that gun's a good gun. It's not the best gun, but if it becomes kind of one of the evergreen items that thing could have a whole new life into itself. And then you have me learning to use hand cannons again, because I make poor life choices. I love hand cannons. They're my favorite weapons. Like, one of my weapons I've been using, like, as my sort of, one of my, you know, non-exotics, 
is a hand cannon that I yeah. just like the roll on it, and I enjoy and I enjoy using it. I like hand cannons. I guess I like medium medium to close range combat, generally speaking. Yeah, and I like having just little more power with each shot. Like I don't like these sort of spray and pray sort of thing. I like just taking a few really good shots. Same reason, I guess, I I tend towards scout rifles instead of, like, a pulse rifle. Yeah. Yeah, the pulse is pretty accurate, too, but, yeah. That's it for me, though, really. Like, I, it's, there's been a weird, like, sudden outpouring of everyone talking about Valhalla, and I think I will enjoy Valhalla more than the average person because I've not played the last two Assassin's Creed games. Like, it's really yeah. funny hearing people talk about how it's like, yeah, it's like the last two, and I'm like, cool. Didn't play those. This will be a new experience. Awesome. <laughs> I'm playing this one because Vikings, but also the more I look at that thing, I'm like, this will be less Amonomarth and more Scald, won't it? And I'm like, that's not a bad thing, but this could probably do with more Amonomarth. <laughs> yeah, I guess the weird thing for me is like, my only experience with the latest, like, several Assassin's Creed is Discovery Tour. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just Assassin's Creed minus the combat. Yeah, you can. You it still has all the kind of climbing abilities and all that stuff. Like you can still like, you know, go up ridiculous buildings and stuff. Well, and I think this could actually be a really cool game for that one. Apparently, like they, some of the stuff they've shown off, some of the stuff they've talked about. I think from like a just medieval Europe, specifically England topic, could be potentially really cool for that same system to be applied to, but. I don't know. More on that game next week when I've actually played it, not just watched some stuff being like, huh, okay, this doesn't look ass. Yeah. Glad I'm getting this still. So what have you been up to? Well, yeah, I'll just kind of go back in the the Halloween week, or the week preceding Halloween, Halloween I suppose. I streamed. I streamed almost every single day in costume. And so, and I streamed all retro games. I decided I'd just kind of stream all sort of older system retro games. So, the first day I played sort of two games out of a series that maybe it's not obvious that they're in a series. uh, Spellcaster for the Sega Master System and Mystic Defender for the Genesis. They are both actually of of a series that's a... Japanese manga called Peacock King. And, well, the main character is just like sort of a, I mean, he's a magic user, temple from a temple. It's it's one of your supernatural battler type of stories. You know, he just battles bad supernatural stuff going on. But the first game, Spellcaster, is a weird one. And this is something that, like, like this is one there. All my Sega Master System games, they came from when I was a kid. So, And the system itself, I mean, it belonged to my older siblings, to be honest. And so do these games. But they don't want them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many people still have their Sega Master System, period. So, but yeah. But Spellcaster has a side-scrolling portion, side-scrolling, like, you know, battle portion. It's slow... And not awesome, to be honest. It's floaty jumps. It and and all right. So 
Some people may know that the Sega Master System, it doesn't have a pause button on the controller, but there is a pause button. It's on the console. So imagine if every time you wanted to go into a menu for a game, you had to walk up to your console and press a button for that one. Yeah, that's the Sega Master System. And usually it was just, for most games, it's just like, Pause. It's That's all it did. didn't really bring up a menu, but for Spellcaster, it brings up your entire list of spells, which you start with all the spells from the beginning of the game, and you only you can only access them through this pause menu for the side-scrolling action scenes. And so, so that's... Was the intention of this game that you played like eight inches from your TV or something? That's Sega Master System games, man. I mean, there. same thing with... Uh, uh, I think Alex Kidd, which was also a very early game for it, also had a menu that was accessed via the fucking pause button on the console itself. Well, so, I, I, Alex Kidd didn't quite require the same level of always in your menu-ness, as I assume a game called, you know, Spellcaster does through your yeah. spellbook. No, no, it's, yeah, you're right. And, yeah, yeah, like, as a result... I have my console real fucking close to me, like, to to me when I play the fucking game. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's silly. It's real silly. And, yeah, so, but that's not the only thing about it. So, the other part of Spellcaster is the... Alright, so there is a system... Uh, uh, there's a, a separate sort of gameplay, ver- like, style in the game where it is a point-and-click point-and-click adventure. On a Sega Master. Yeah. Um, Well, it plays a lot like if you ever played Goonies 2 on the NES. Like, it had the same type of side-scrolling action and then these kind of very simplistic point-and-click parts where you just kind of see the scene in front of you and then you have actions where you can move from one location to another. You can click on things within the scene you can talk to people within the scene and talk about different subjects. And yeah, there's there's a couple just and you can cast spells in these scenes. And but yeah, it's kind of a very stripped down, but it's it's kind of a cool break in the action. And for spellcasters, seeing as how the action isn't great, like it, actually the point and click version uh, portions are much better to deal with and easier. However, you can softlock Spellcaster, because I did it because of the way that this is done. So, alright. To cast spells, you have to have spell energy. Like, that's pretty normal. You need spell points, spell energy, whatever it happens to be called. And each of the spells takes a certain number of points. Well, there are some points within these point-and-click places, these sections of the game, locations, where you have to cast a spell to do so, do a few things. It's just kind of a requirement. However, you can't tell how many spell points you have in any part of the UI in these sections. You can always see how much spell points you have in the, in the side-scrolling sections, but it, there's no way to see it when you're in these uh, point-and-click sections. You just have to kind of have memorized and keep a running tally of any spells you have cast. Well, I came into a section of the game where you have to cast a series of spells. But not only that, 
you get stuck in there. That is, it won't let you leave. Uh, uh, what happens is, like, there's some uh, village, some woman in the village gets taken over by a kind of, uh, by a spirit, and it kind of leads her out to sea. So you have to save her using a series of spells. But once you're in this kind of action sequence, or this side, in this point-and-click sequence, you're stuck there. Like, when you try to leave, it says, you can't leave, you have to save the girl. When you try to do anything, it's like, when you try to talk or do anything, it's like, other than cast spells, it's like, you can't do that, you have to save the girl. And if you, but if you run out of spell points, there's also no items where you can just use it to gain your spell points back. So is this just the worst game design ever, or is this an intentional, like, out-of-the-box thinking thing? No, it's terrible game design, because what happens is, if you run out of spell points here, you're you're boned. That's it. You're you're soft-locked. You can't get out. You can't even get a password. There's a spell that's password, which, when you cast it, it's a free spell. It's like zero cost, but it'll give you a password to to continue. Well, this screen won't even let you cast password. It says that will that spell does you no good right now. You have to save the girl. It's like, hmm. So I'm I'm gonna save so, our listeners an email and ask the question. I'm sure that they and I are also now wondering. I'm assuming you knew this going into this, but no, uh, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, know, okay. I didn't, fuck. That's I didn't that know. That I could run out of spell power and then be unable to exit. Gotcha. Like, I didn't know that I wouldn't be able to get a password so I could continue, maybe. No, you're stuck there, and if you run out of spell points, which I did, uh, casting a series of spells, and I knew the next one I needed to cast, it was like, you don't have enough spell points. I'm like, huh, I'm pretty sure that's the one I needed next. And then I just tried everything, literally everything, and you can't do anything. Soft lock. So, yeah. That was on my first day of streaming, and I already reached a soft lock. So Fun. I played the... So next, I played the sequel, Mystic Defender, which is all side-scrolling. And soft no. lock when you press up to jump over objects. <laughs> no. Oh, God, no. Uh, it's a good, actually, really good action game. It's just incredibly, incredibly difficult. And I have no practice at it, so I did fine at it, but I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, after these two games, I was kind of, like, already into the hours of playing, so I was like, yeah, I'm done. I did play Spellcaster a little bit more by just, like, looking up a password that was slightly past that point. Sure. But but then I was like, yeah, I don't know at this point. I've kind of run out of interest in playing Spellcaster because it is slow. It is so slow. You move so slowly in the game. Mystic Defender is a very fast game. Like, very, very fast action game. So, that game's actually a lot of fun to play. It's just very, very difficult. Very difficult. But, that was for day one. Uh, day two, I decided to take on Castlevania 3, which I hadn't played it in, like, decade, probably. Even, even though I own it. I mean, I'm here I'm playing all the games that I... Uh, only games that I own. And so I decided to, to go with the hardest route because I wanted to show off kind of the full game. And that's that's really difficult because there are certain characters that make the game like ridiculously in like easy, infantile easy, just super easy. Like 
Saifa, who is one of the other people you can kind of bring onto your team, she is a wizard that just melts everything. Her spells are just overwhelmingly powerful and take, like, nothing to cast. Like, no, very few hearts to cast. So, Castlevania 3, yeah. You, you, you know, the main part of the game is you can get partners, but you can only have one at a time. Yeah. And the Cypher route is by far the easiest route, because A, it also leads to a way, way shorter way into the castle. Like, by lots, by a lot. Like, a way shorter and a way easier way into the into Dracula's castle when you actually make it there. Like, way shorter. Way, way shorter. But And there's also an option route where you can get Rant, but you basically have to double back. And who's the thief? And he's good because he can climb everywhere. He's useful. Doesn't not great for attacking, but he's useful because he's agile and fast and can climb walls and ceilings. So there's some things you can just bypass entirely or just cruise along way faster because of just the way he works. But Scythe is the one who just easy mode melts all the bosses, melts all the creatures, can just roll through the game pretty easily. Um, so the uh, hardest character to kind of use, though he's also useful, is Alucard. So as a partner, he, but to go to get him, you can't get you can't go to, through Cyphers. So you can't you wouldn't be able to take the hardest route, which is through Alucard's route, the hardest route possible. You can't use Cypher for it, so you can't use kind of the best attacking character. Alucard, kind of, I don't know, his attack sucks. It's just like three weak fireballs. Mm. But he can turn into a bat and fly around. And so that makes that makes a whole lot of things, like if you get knocked off a platform, switch to him quickly, start flying. So he, he actually, in that way, can make things a lot simpler and sure. help out, but... As far as attacking, no, you're stuck with just Simon, and that makes, or uh, just uh, Trevor in this one, and that makes things way more difficult. So, taking the hardest route, which is just way longer, but I managed to do it. I finished the game finally. Oh, I came down to, like, I was getting pretty frustrated with the last boss because the last boss, Dracula, is way harder if you don't have Sypha. Sypha makes it, like, really easy. Sure. Really easy, but with Alucard, or if you just decide to not take any of the partners, it makes it a lot more challenging. But I managed to do it. It took a few times, but I managed to finally pull it off, so I was pretty happy with that. Ah. The next day, I showed off uh, uh, the Saturn version of Symphony of the Night. The uh, Mainly showed off the character that's only available on that port. Uh, Maria, the older Maria, mm. and how she just breaks the game. She's just way powerful. I mean, you talk about somebody like easy mode. She get her spells super break the game. She has an invincibility spell that also causes like you do damage to enemies when you stand on them, and also causes all of your attacks to do more damage. And it lasts for like ever. It lasts a really long time. She has another spell that makes everything freeze while you control a dragon that goes across the screen and just hits everything per frame damage. and just melts anything, including Final Boss. So, yeah. Uh, her other spell, one of them brings a owl that acts as a familiar, 
and acts just like the other familiars, attacking periodically. The uh, she has a healing spell. She can just heal herself, <laughs> which for that game is super useful. And uh, she has a sort of tiger spell where she just shoots fire, like shoots a huge amount of fire, and which also will melt a lot of bosses too. So yeah, she can go through the game pretty easily. I didn't stream that long that day though. Sure. Um. The all right final day or or the next day I uh played Altered Beast which that's a rough game. That's not say good God why the port is real rough because the port is like still with it's just a straight arcade port which means quarters no no continues you don't get to there. continue you have to try to make it through that game that that very difficult game with two lives. And that's it. Like, I got pretty far, and I've gotten farther before. I have gotten to the last level. I don't think I've ever beaten it, like, straight up beaten it. But, yeah, I got, I was just like, yeah, I'm, but also, I soft-locked it. Because that's what I do to games a lot, apparently. I'm seeing a theme. Yeah, so I soft-locked that game. All right, so this time, I don't even know what happened. So, at the end of the level... Then the final boss appears and kind of taunts you, and then goes down this kind of this magical portal in the ground. Then it sucks out your kind of power ups, and then you the character automatically just kind of hops down. Well, <laughs> uh, I uh, the end of the level happens. This is on the uh, third level when you turn into a bear, and and. For some reason, like the boss came, taunted me, but and they made the little portal in the ground, and then uh, the power ups didn't get sucked out of him, and he just sat there. Just, and I was like, did I pause it or something? And I was like, nope, didn't pause it. Is this a known problem with this port or something? Like, I, I feel like they've... this isn't a port. This oh. is the uh, Sega. Ma- uh, this is the in the, at this case, I was using the Steam version of it because I don't own a copy of. Sure. Altered Beast. So I was using the Steam version of it, and it just froze there. It did. I in in a previous attempt, I had gotten to the next level, so it doesn't always. Okay, so it's not. There. It's not like a constant glitch. This was just your incredibly bad luck this week. No. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm just stuck there, and so he's just. So the bear is just sitting there while the boss music continues to play, and just staring at this hole in the ground. I'm like. Awesome. Found another softlock. And this one, I don't... And I even looked back at... I, I made a highlight of it. And I looked back and I was like, yeah, I still don't know what I did to cause this. I don't I don't know if there's a thing you can do to cause this to happen. But, awesome, yeah. But, uh, I played uh, Golden Axe as well after that. Golden Axe at least has, like, continues credits. So it's like, it is possible to beat the game. I got really close. I got to the last boss and didn't quite finish him off. And I was like, but I showed off the entire game. That was okay, really the point. Settle a mental debate for me. And this might be where my friends were shitty growing up. So I've been, I've been angry at this game for a long time, potentially. Did okay. Golden Axe have the very weird game? Like you press down on that game to activate your super, right? Like and you'd summon like lightning no. or what game am you I thinking? You press a button. Okay. 
Did that game have the conscious choice that male characters had infinite super things and women only had, like, one super they could no. use? No. I had a friend that straight fucking lied to me. Fuck, fantastic. Uh, that, both of those things, no, that's not a Golden Axe thing. Um, yeah, no, Golden Axe, you... Because pressing down, you up and down, the, it's a, a multi-plane game. It's a, Z, it's a Z-plane game, yeah. so you move up and down. So no, it's always been a separate button to cast magic. Yeah, maybe I was just thinking and, something wrong then. And there's nothing that's limited to the like male versus female characters. <sighs> the only difference between the characters is really like um, the magic, the level of magic they use. And uh, while, uh, all right, so the kind of barbarian Conan character, he can get to kind of an average level of like. You can only, of of a top level of magic. Yeah. You can cast magic at any point, but it's like everybody has a certain amount of levels of magic they have. He can cast it moderately often. I think it only takes six or seven to like be at full power for his. The dwarf character, the uh Gilius. Yeah. Um he has he only takes like four or five. He only has four levels for his magic, so it's like you can cast full his full level of magic. Very often, but it's not as powerful. Uh, Tyrus Flair, the kind of female barbarian, yeah. she she can she has the highest max level of magic, like level nine versus four for Gilius. So she can, uh, so when you cast her magic at full power, it will kill most bosses, even. But uh, but Gilius has the fastest attacks, uh, and some of the best range for his attacks, so I end up using him mostly. But um, One of my friends fucking lied to me back when we played Golden Axe. Yeah, no, it's like, no, all that's that's none of those things are a thing. But I got really close. I just, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. uh, you know what, I got to the last, very last actual boss, and I just couldn't quite beat him, and I was like, well, but I showed off the entire game, and that was the point here. Yeah. Um... I and then I also played uh, this week. I played, I streamed, and played a uh, Jake in the Forever Man, which I used to speed run, so I know the game well. But real rusty at it because it has been ages since I played that game. And but I I managed to beat it because you, it's like you, you could just it's once you know the game, you can just beat it. Yeah. I uh, I did this week also not on stream, but I played a game that I've been meaning to play for a while, and I finally bought, like picked it up and like played it. Uh, World of Horror. Are you familiar with this game? I think that's a name I know, but I'm not like actively coming up with anything in my brain. Like that, that's it, it's such a generic name. I also might be going like, of course it's World of Horror. You know, World of Horror. But it is a a kind of. It it looks like an old kind of DOS game or something, or like app, like even like old Mac game, point and click RPG essentially. And it it has some roguelike elements that is like every playthrough is randomized as to what encounters you're going to have. So the way the game plays is that you are a character in Japan, like in 1984, I think 84. It is. The correct year, and the game came out like last year too. Yeah, yeah, and but I like the the kind of the retro style that it uses. Yeah, it's just like I think Game Boy graphics almost. Yeah, yeah, it adds to it a lot. It's very, it's very much like old DOS game, 
the way that the way it is, but or like all old computer game, just well, but point and click RPG, and you the way the game runs is you you are this character that is in 1984 Japan, and there's sort of Cthulian horror happening, like there's you know, like that type of like cult cultish cult you know related kind of you know dark horror you know eldritch portal type of horror type of thing going on supernatural stuff and your mission is to essentially some god is being summoned some or god i say god like some eldritch power that is you know going to ruin reality and all of them are tied to sort of five mysteries that are happening. Those five mysteries are randomized, which ones you get. But you get five mysteries per playthrough. And you have to solve the mysteries and then eventually try to prevent the summoning of this thing in a, in a kind of a final kind of set of uh, puzzles. And so there is a lot of kind of problem solving and puzzle solving. There's also just sort of Random events where you have to decide, all right, so what am I going to do here? Like, am I going to do this thing or do that thing? Like, am I going to, like, help this person out or am I going to ignore them? And some of that, and sometimes your choices depend on what abilities you have or what items you're carrying. Like, some things you can't do without a map or without a flashlight. Like, if, if you have a map, you don't get lost in certain instances. If you have a flashlight, you can... Basically, use it to see, see your way out of things. The RPG-like elements are, you have statistics. You have, like, abilities. Like, you have, uh, I'd have to look it up real quick, but yeah, it's like, things like perception, and It's like RPG, RPG abilities, like tabletop yeah. stuff. Yeah. So there's, like, intelligence and perception, knowledge, charisma, uh, and... They all have an effect on whenever you, it rolls, if you pull off certain things. Like, if you try to do one of these actions, you don't automatically pass it, necessarily. Maybe you do if you have a certain item. But, otherwise, you'll do a roll against your knowledge or whatever. And it's it's pretty simple the way like it seems to be rolling. But, yeah, it's based on your statistics. You also have two that can, you know, that kind of go up and down. That's your hit points uh, that are strength. And and then there's your kind of, there's a reason thing, which is basically your sanity. Like if you've played Cthulhu games, like your reason points. And both of the, if either of them reaches zero, it's like you lo- you'll lose. And I've noticed that actually lately. Like the idea of sanity as a mechanic is making a big comeback in a variety of gaming mediums, I've noticed. Which is cool. I yeah, think really I think cool. it's an underused thing, like the idea of stress or sandy being something that is both yeah. a negative and a positive for your characters, hypothetically. I think it's... Yes, yeah. like Darkest Dungeon, yeah. which I've played a lot of. Very similar. Uh, but yeah, in this one, yeah, uh, you can use your, san- use your reason to cast spells. Like most spells that you can cast will have a reason thing. There are just certain events that will just increase or decrease your huh. reason or strength. So, but yeah, there's there's trade-offs. It's just like, you have to think, alright, so I have a limited amount of points. It's kind of difficult to actually regain these sanity or, re- uh, sanity or reason or strength. And so, there are trade-offs on what I'm going to do. Well, 
like, is there a through narrative to this entire game? Like, can you in theory beat it, or is it kind of just a series yeah, of scenarios? Yeah, well, yeah, I can. Like I said, with the five mysteries and then trying to prevent the summoning of this of this. Okay, yeah. Of- so, sorry, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like five different preventing the. Th- there, there's an actual ending, I guess, to it. Yeah. So you can you can end it multiple. I mean, that's I've been through it multiple times at this point. I've beaten it several times at this. Like, yeah. managed to get solve the five mysteries. With, and then make it to the and make it through the final kind of series of things that you have to do, but there's also a doom percent thing, which is another interesting counter that counts at zero. And basically, it's like certain things that just raise the doom percent. And the doom percent is kind of weird to describe. It's kind of like the kind of impending doom of yeah, existential terror counter essentially. Yeah. And certain things, there are some things that will reduce your doom, like solving a mystery in general reduces your doom by by a small percentage. There's a couple of events that can happen that'll re, they'll decrease your doom, but there's certain, but like there's other events that'll increase it. So there is also a battle system in it, like an RPG battle system, where you battle with uh, have a lot of options, and it uses a sort of time mechanic where certain thing actions take a certain amount of time. So the is enemies, it is it live combat or is it like technically turn based? But like you're oh it's, no, it's turn based. Okay, you just input like what actions am I going to do in this next round within these this kind of time frame, which is like two hundred units, and you can there's several like you know like attacking just with like hand to hand or using a weapon like hard attacks, and there's also something you can add like before the attack you could increase your percentage to hit. For that, for the next attack that you put on there, so you could do that and attack. Do another one of those for the next attack. There's a one you can put on which makes ensures that an attack hits, but it takes a lot of time. It's like a preparation thing. There's there's a lot, of, so there's a lot of strategy here, and there's defensive actions which you can cut cut the amount of damage that the enemy will do to you in half because the enemy attacks for a set amount every single turn. It tells you kind of how much it's going to attack for. And and that's set. And so you can cut it in half, reduce your chances of being hit substantially by trying to dodge. You can also run away, but running away increases your doom. So you have to weigh, it's like, am I going to lose a lot of hit points or sanity here? Versus, you know... No, it's, like, kind of, it's our weighing your kind of risk-reward at that point. That's fascinating. Yeah. The game. Yeah. I, so, I, so it sounds like it's a kind of relatively narrative and theme-based or a setting and theme. I'm not quite sure what the right word. Yeah, that is. very heavily. Like, how hard is the combat going along with that? Do you feel it gets in the way of you progressing things, or is it kind of there to add to it? And I think it fun, adds but, to it. Okay, cool. For me, it's like I like strategic combat, and yeah. it's it is way more strategic than than usual RPG combat because of that. The fact that different actions take different amounts no, of time. I, I, I that's and a good do... thing in this case. It's one of those ones where it's more. I was curious. It didn't. You didn't really mention levels. I guess it was the. Is there you a, do get levels too? There's there, experience in levels. It's like a grinding concept. The the combat. Though, it's like up. Oh, you can't. Okay, there's yeah, that's no exactly way to grind because there's there's kind of a well. I guess you there's not necessarily a set amount of things because. Whenever you investigate an area, so the other part of it is you kind of click around the town and different areas around in the city that you can visit, like the shrine or the woods or like a neighborhood downtown. And every time you investigate those, 
It takes up time, which taking up time takes up doom sure. as well. But in, the, in all those cases, there's a chance of meeting an enemy versus one of the other just more non-combat events. But what you're saying you, is there's not really a need to grind, I guess, is what I'm no, getting at. Yeah. No, uh, you could, it's perfectly survivable without grinding. Cool. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, it sounds like it's combat you just have and to narrative. You really strategic. Yeah. You, and especially because you usually don't get very good weapons. Like, you'll get maybe a bat or a knife. Or, I'm sorry, I, I can it, fuck up a ghost with a knife if you let me at it. Yeah. Well, there are enemies that you can't attack them with physical weapons at all, that you have to use spells. And so that's another one, like, I could use my sanity to take out this thing with a spell, or I could just leave, but my doom is kind of high right now. There's a lot of trade-offs there. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds like an interesting system, honestly. It's kind of amazed that this system's this complex compared like, to this level of graphics. Like, I'm looking at this game now. It's got some stuff going on from just kind of a overall package perspective. Yeah, there's, and it's still in early access, so they're still working yeah. on it. So, uh, I bought it through itch.io yeah, because I prefer to. It. And, and yeah, it's, it's really good. It's just, and it's, the mysteries are interesting. The things that can happen are interesting. You can even set it to give you the things that haven't, that you haven't experienced yet more often, like the kind of, enemies or non-combat events, you can say, have those happen more often so I can kind of see more of the game versus just more, you know, equal chance of anything happening. And, yeah, there's a lot of depth to it, a lot of thinking. Everything is strategic. Every single decision is like, yeah, you sit there and think, like, what's the trade-off here? Should I research a little bit more in the town? Maybe have, maybe I'll spend a little bit of time. It also takes Doom to do any action. Going to a store and seeing maybe if there's a chance I find a good item this time, like an item that's useful or could unlock something else. Because there is a lot of unlocks in the game too by uh, doing certain events in a certain way. So, and and it kind of gives you a clue on how to do them as well. So if you like go to the achievements thing, it'll tell you kind of how to get some of them, because they do unlock other events in many cases or other. Allies, and that's another part of the game. That's that's a you can gain allies. Some of them you just gain through events. Some you gain uh, by going to the school and trying to recruit other students, essentially. And so the so that's just the way that system works is all those characters they will they will provide some type of effect to your stats like increasing your perception or plus one to perception, plus one to wisdom on just how they're assisting you. They don't attack during your attacks, so it's not like you can get a huge party and just wail on a creature. They don't really take part in that. Not an active part, other than their stat increases. Some of them have a negative to your stats, and you should probably just... But you can just tell them to go. You can just kind of recruit them, see what their stat thing is. If it's a negative, it's like, no, I don't actually need this person. but. There are some unique characters that aren't just, like, stat characters that will trigger or have something to do with other events. But, you know, access to those is random, so you may not get the mystery or event that actually works with that unique character. Like, that's a thing that happens. So there is a lot of, yeah, like, you may or may not be able to unlock things just because you didn't get the right stuff happening in that playthrough. The yeah, but yeah, it's 
there's a lot of depth to it. There's a lot. I mean, it's yeah. I played it for hour hours. Like it, it kind of gave me a a. It kind of dominated my dreams that night in a weird way. Uh, uh, but yeah, the yeah the the game is great, and yeah, I, I think it's really fantastic the way it's done, the way even like yeah, just everything about it. It's highly strategic. There's hard decisions to make, and I kind of like that because there is no going back there again. It's a roguelike, and I think I I think it's very roguelike. I mean. Everything's kind of step based. There's no real time combat or anything like that. It's randomized, and there's permadeath. You die. You, that's the end of that playthrough. <laughs> so, yeah, the yeah, it's there's just a lot to explore in the game, and a lot of trade offs. And yeah, um, if I'm forgetting everything, I'm not. Even, I mean, there's there's probably something I'm even forgetting about the game, but it is good. It is. Super, it's not very expensive. I think I got it on some sort of a minor sale. No, 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 I just bought it off itch.io and got it. And yeah, but it wasn't on sale or anything. But yeah, I, but yeah, it's it's really cool. I, I, and it's a, there again, you can it's playthroughs, many, many different playthroughs. And there again, I, I like the. Eldritch horror type of stuff, yeah. weird horror, and works well for video of... games and literature. Not so great for movies. Yeah, yeah, it depends. Uh, I think uh, In the Mouth of Madness does it really well. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. I have. I, it's it's. I'm not saying there's not ones that don't do it well, but they're few and far between. And as much as Same. I love H.P. Lovecraft's works, a lot of the movies based off of it are trash. But like once, like in the mouth of madness, I think is very much him and not him. Yeah, and does it really well. And and oddly enough, that same kind of main character is in another one that I think another eldritch horror movie that I think it does it extremely well. Uh, the one about where they're on the ship that went to kind of hell and back, and they're checking out the ship. Sam Neill is in that one as mm. well. I forget the name of that one. Uh. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I can't remember quite the name of it, but uh, Event Horizon, yes, mm. Event Horizon, that's a really good Eldritch horror movie, and I think that one does does Eldritch horror really well. But yeah, you're right; it's not, it's on, it's often not it's done well far on between, the screen. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that was, I guess, uh, my week. Um, oh yeah, I, I did, I. Did like listen to the last episode, and uh, I support this new uh, war on early Christmas that we're apparently <laughs> a part of. So. Uh, two weeks in a row, we're anti-Christmas. I love it. Yep, and uh, and I like to say that it's specifically the new war on early Christmas. <sighs> I'm amazed because... we don't have any listener mail this week about our war on Christmas. Honestly. It's been a but, week though too, so maybe people will get to it next week. I it's but uh, um, I still have my Halloween de- decorations up because why not? We've never talked about it, but I have a skeleton outside of my front porch, three hundred sixty-five <laughs> days a year. Because me and my wife think it's fucking hilarious. It's named. It just kind of chills out there. The mailman knows our house. That's the house with the skeleton on the front porch. I, I guess. 
because of me and the way I am, it's like, that never really struck me as weird. I was just like, eh. Uh, it's so like it's, it's, that just says a lot about me. I think it's a veer off in a really weird direction. Uh, the one of the places I used to work, the commute there took me by a house every day that had a like um, old rusted out tractor out front of it, and the mm. owner, being a comedic genius, put a skeleton on it year round too. And uh, me and my wife used to drive by it occasionally for other reasons, and we're like, ah, oh, the envy we feel for this fucker and his old tractor. Like it's so much better than our porch. <laughs> yeah, we, we were also the people like I'm not sure if you were tracking this, but you could buy a 12 foot tall skeleton. We were honestly looking at that, being like, "Oh, can we justify mm. this expenditure?" It sounds like something we would totally have on the house 24 seven. Just just straddling the roof, something like that. Yeah, it's not quite tall enough for that, amazing. but like crawling up over the roof line or trying to peek out at the street or something. Absolutely, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> yeah, I fully support the uh, Halloween year round instead of Christmas year round. So, yeah, Halloween <sighs> is still my favorite holiday. Yeah, the reason I didn't show up is because like I was out very late for Halloween. Yeah, because yeah, I, I was going to like still celebrate Halloween one way or another. Even if it just meant like hanging out with like a friend of mine and and doing things, which is what it was. In the end. But yeah, um, yeah. But I guess yeah. News. Kind of it. Yeah, I guess it's news time. Yeah. <laughs> we have Alex here to provide sound effects this week. Let's do some news. Yeah. Let's start off with I think my favorite news of this week that makes me want to punch people in the face for letting this one happen. Uh, Gabe Newell will um be launching a, uh, I think it's aluminum, Chonsky the Gnome into space. I fucking hate space littering. It's the ultimate flex on us people that we're like, no, don't put garbage in space we don't need. Stop yeah, it. Yeah, it, it kind of makes me a little angry, to be honest. Yep, I'm with you on that one, but yeah, I... Uh, Gabe well, at Newell, least it's not an entire gigantic car yes it's better than a car yeah it's just it's another instance of high profile space littering which bugs the fuck out of me a because i can't do it and b because it's space littering in that sense makes me angry but yes uh gabe newell in kind of connection through whatever the right word is rocket lab will be launching a what's the exact material i think it's aluminum a Chonsky the Gnome, the Gnome from Half-Life Episode 2 is an achievement around and stuff, into space! So that aliens wonder even more, like, what is wrong with these people? I, I like to imagine that this thing will crash land on some planet after somehow surviving, like, re-entry and become, like, a god. It's like, it came from the sky, the sky gnome. But, yeah, I don't know. Keeping with our post-Halloween spookiness, I suppose. Because, um, yeah, almost uh, two weeks into November still qualifies as post-Halloween spookiness. Yes. The uh, final patch for Friday the 13th is coming. The private service will go down. You can still play the game peer-to-peer. But also, have you heard of a nice little game called Dead by Daylight? It's basically yeah. the same game. And it still has servers. And it's still getting new content. Yeah. 
It just, All the time. They just tease something new actually today might be coming. Um, Ooh. Yeah. It will happen sometime in November. That's not exactly an exact time frame on this one, but uh, yeah, there's, there's a surprisingly strong kind of still, maybe not the largest, but still active community for this game out there. I checked. I was amazed to find this out, but yeah. yeah. Well, Sorry they, for your loss. Like I said, they're... Also, you had a good yeah. one lasted, I guess? I don't know. Yeah. I never played this that. This is mostly just a reinvigorating played. of me wanting them to bring Jason into Dead by Daylight now. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, the, everything else is in there at this yep. point, practically. Like, yep. all the, like, famous monsters are basically in there. Yep. But, yeah. Uh, keeping with that theme, we have official confirmation that PT, a fucking game demo, essentially, <laughs> that refuses to die is not compatible with the PS5. It apparently was at one point in time. Like, someone managed to get it which running. Which is even weirder. Which it, yes, it's even weirder, but yes. It, if you were hoping to bring PT over to your new PS5 via the transfer system, you will not be able to. We are sorry to confirm this for you. Um, we know this is the greatest injustice to happen to PT since, well, more or less all of PT's existence post-Tilent Hills getting cancelled, but uh, yeah, I, this feels like maybe the final ending of the PT storyline, a literal haunted game demo at this point. <laughs> yeah. The fan base for that thing still just amazes me. Not in a bad way, just like, holy shit, like this thing that's like, honestly, only they have be- dissected that game yeah. to like, it's, it's barest, like, like, for instance, just them finding out just like, you know, how does the mechanics of that little demo actually work? Yeah. And actually, it's pretty clever. Yeah. And terrifying once you find out how the demo works. Yeah. 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 Want to talk about Sega next? Sure. All right, let's talk about Sega. We got some big and some sad news out of Sega. First off, they are selling their arcade division. Yes, arcades still exist. Yes, Sega still makes shit for them. But no more, apparently. It's well, not not for the arcade machines. They're just selling off the actual owning of yeah. actual arcade centers. As far as what I I read from that, I also read this as they're selling off. Like they still manufacture some stuff, I think. But it, uh, yeah, but I'm saying yeah, they but they operating actual arcades. Yeah. That's what they've sold sure. off. Not not the fact not them making arcade machines, which I'm sure they'll continue to do. But yeah. But there is, it is kind of sad because, like, already, like, one of their major ones, major arcades got shuttered, which was the uh, big one that was kind of, it was kind of very visible in Akihabara, the, uh, the kind of, uh, the electric district Akihabara, and, you know, where basically, like, games and toys and stuff kind of get... Oh, yeah, no, like, if you could engage in some mundane time travel, like, traveling back to, like, Mid nineties Akihabara, butchering the name now, Akihabara, Akihabara. I can, I know I can pronounce it. Actually, yeah, would be a pretty cool stop just to see kind of the heyday of the Japanese arcade scene. Which I was there at that time. I was in Japan in two thousand, so, so I was there, and even like I was in Japan also from two thousand two to two thousand five. So. I mean, I was there during real heyday of all of this stuff still being pretty powerful and 
pretty popular. So, and even to this day, like I mean, arcades were still pretty popular in Japan, even though yeah. they like have been having a kind of I don't know a not as popular here, especially for kids. Like the culture in Japan around them is different. Like there's a real stigma yeah. in the U.S. about them. Like it's. I, before moving to Los Angeles, I'd have to go to like a hotel probably to find an arcade machine. Like wandering in from the street to go play their pinball machine, always got you. Uh, what the fuck are you doing? I'm here to play your Big Hut Two pinball machine. They go, okay, weirdo. Oh yeah, that reminds me. Uh, the you know the arcade bar nearest player, uh, not near me, uh, near to me. Uh, player one. Uh, it's. It has a really good Stranger Things pinball machine, the new one. It's I think I've played pretty that, wild, pretty wild. Yeah, I, I think I've I've been there a couple times. I think I played the pinball machine there. I I didn't talk about during my week. I played a new pinball video game too. It's still not as good as that fucking pinball game that got gutted. Mm. Oh, saddens me still. But, yeah, I I played that. It costs a dollar to play it, but yeah. it's pretty wild game. The uh, the Stranger Things that one too expensive for pinball. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. Considering the other machines are like twenty five to fifty. So I mean, yeah, twenty five to fifty cents. So so yeah. sticking with Sega, kind of as part of this trying to sell off a division, they have asked that roughly six hundred and fifty employees volunteer to retire, which is a very Japanese sentence. Yeah, uh, I mean that's the thing. It's like, uh, yeah, I mean that that means they get uh, uh, bonuses, the or the allowances, you know, the you know retirement funds and stuff. So I mean, and that's it's going to help. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like they're instead of like cutting it off at the bottom, which you know it's not like Japanese companies never lay people off. That happens everywhere. But in this case, they're like they're asking the top level to kind of, you know, trim down and cut off so they can continue their business. So I, that's I kind of like that idea. They're they're asking people that are in higher positions to take pay cuts, and they're asking the older, you know, nearing retirement or retire already retirement age people to go ahead and retire. And I think that's a lot better than like you know deleting the jobs of like lots of people in their 20s and 30s yeah. and 40s still needing a job really badly and, and no one near retirement age. Yeah, have transfer elegantly, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, also yeah, not having these success just be able to move necessarily or create something new either yeah. either. So I mean, yeah, I you know what? I I think that's yeah. somewhat commendable in a sense. I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks. Oh, yeah, it, yes. We're not saying that Japanese work culture and philosophy is necessarily always a good one when it comes to this. This mm. is a pretty good move on Sega's part. Power yeah. to them. I, you know, uh, given the alternatives. Yes. Yeah, because they're always going to have to do something because they can't afford to pay everybody yeah. necessarily. So, yeah. Um we got another yeah, Japanese so we, company we can talk about. We're talking about Sega if you want. Sure. So Square Enix appears to either be on track or has lost, by the time this goes out, $40 million on that Avengers game. Whoa. How did how, how does that even happen when it didn't cost that much to 
create. Do we know how much that game costs to create? Well, no, I guess it's just because of, among other things, that game in particular underperformed. Yeah, I think it's... It's not like that one game lost it, I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's still a lot of money. I mean, that's that's a lot of money, but it's just like I think the problem is is just like that's Yeah, it just didn't I mean, I think they a they with Final Fantasy 7, they overestimated how much people would have like kind of curiosity and or nostalgia about Final Fantasy 7. It's like like, those of us that played it back in the day, some of us, like me, I'm like, I don't actually feel like returning to that sto- that world or yeah. story. I don't see any particular reason to. Now, the people that looks, like that thing looks... seem to like that thing a lot, but I'm also not sure. Like, I I am in theory the person that game is aimed at, and I'm still going, eh, I don't want to replay Final Fantasy VII. Until... I have a copy of the, the original PlayStation version sitting right here beside me. Well, not... Uh, like just in a cab or a uh, shelf right over to the oh, side. Oh, I'm of me. the it's monster like... sitting here waiting for the entire thing to be out. Like, there's obviously going to be oh, yeah. a all the fucking games in one game box edition that comes out for that game, and I'll buy yeah. that. Why? Yeah. Because I have no idea when part two's coming out, and I have learned I am not patient enough to wait for like the next episode of that type of stuff. As much as I loved Hitman's episodic stuff, I don't buy into episodic games like the Telltale stuff anymore because it drove me up the fucking wall. Yeah, I don't like uh, episodic releases of things either very much. I mean, especially, I mean, like, actual paid episodic, I yeah. suppose, content. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan well, of I'm that. I'm fine as long as they can stick to their schedules, but, like, the last, uh, the Life is Strange crowd could never get their scheduling to stick. It was always like, yeah, it's gonna be a week late, and you're like, a week or three months, and they go, we're not telling, and that was like two months late, and you're like, well, it wasn't three at least, you fuckers. Yep. But yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's a lot of money to lose. Sweenix. Losing money. Yeah, moving on from that, uh, Bethesda's gonna do a new game engine, finally. Hmm. Yeah, they, they've gotten out there and confirmed <laughs> that Starfield, that game that totally doesn't exist yet, but we keep acting like it does exist. And the next Elder Scrolls game will be on something new, which thank fucking god, it's about goddamn time. Yeah, there's there's issues with the the engine with the with the current engine, or I, I guess current for the games that exist right now. Yeah, there is there is real issues, but I guess we'll see. See if we see some funny glitches in that one, too. It's it's the weird thing, because, like... The same company that owned it owns Bethesda, technically, so you'd think there'd be yeah. some, like, how to make a fucking engine that doesn't crash constantly and or have you fall just, through the world. Or just, you know, use their engine. Just, just use id's engine. I've heard the argument the id one wouldn't necessarily work for Bethesda, given the number of, like, bullshit things that has to be in there. But not to reopen an ongoing conversation this podcast, like maybe don't put so much bullshit things in there, but I I don't know at this point. It's like I don't see how much extra they'd have to put into it to get because the Doom engine 
does or the current it engine does a heck of a lot. Yeah, I think if you're uh, you're right. If if you're thinking of it from the perspective of like Wolfenstein, where it had more kind of stuff floating around, like I think of Doom is pretty straightforward. Like, yeah, it's it, it, either it's there or it's not. Like, there's no like pick this thing up and throw it at something. That's more of a yeah. I don't know. I I think it's weird that we're super excited about the fact that Bethesda's upgrading their engine because just being like, <laughs> fuck yeah, these games aren't going to be weird glitch fests. Also, it's been the same fucking engine since the Xbox 360, technically, which is a yep. terrifying sentence. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, moving on from that. It has been confirmed, officially stated, where the right phrase is, the PS5 will only be available online for a little while. Uh, it's not quite clear how long, but you will not be able to walk into a retail before the end of the year at a minimum to pick up a new fancy PS5. Gotta be online orders only. Yeah. Makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. This does, however, ruin my plans to just straight up mug some fool leaving a Best Buy to acquire a PS5, so gonna have to rethink that one. Or just, you know, bully your way through a Black Friday crowd. Dude, I am... I hope companies do the right thing and cancel Black Friday this year. I've seen a couple, because I have to deal with ads because of a couple of the music streams I use. It seems like they're moving away from normal school Black Friday, but I also don't trust people enough not to just instinctively line up for that. I, it's, I, I don't know. Like, it's, like in, in any given year, I'd still be like the tradition of Black Friday needs to end, but like, of all years yeah. this year, it's like, no, really, don't do it this year. Like, we've seen the videos, even like the years where no one gets stomped to death on Black Friday, it's still a clusterfuck. Like, it's already a nightmare working retail in 2020. Don't be like, ha-ha, Black Friday, bitches! Yeah, I mean, it's like, literally right now is literally the worst time to have people, like, squeezing into each other and trampling each other and crowding into stores. It's like. Like, because there you have kind of these people stuck in these stores that are basically, they, they can't help but be there. They don't get the choice to not be there when this plague crowd comes screaming yeah. at them, spitting in their faces because they don't have the latest shitty toy, you know. I'm not sure how it his... I'm not sure how it fell off the list this week, but did you hear about the GameStop TikTok thing? Uh no. This was supposed to be on the list because <laughs> it's fucking insane. So GameStop I'm, I'm trying to find a source of this so I can give the full details, but basically GameStop was encouraging employees as like a sales competition to do TikTok stuff to get people to come into the stores and buy stuff, and they were promising it was either a hundred or a thousand extra hours around Black Friday or something. I, it's oh, I saw that. Yeah. What? No. What is wrong? I saw. I did see that. It's like, what is wrong with you? Oh, yeah, it's the most like post-capitalist Black Friday nightmare possible. It's like, what's the just, actual fuck? Yes, please. It's just like, please die. It's just like it literally sacrificing people into to fucking capitalism it's just literally just very literally just saying 
die so that I make more money. Well, and like the weirdest part of this was like I, I'm I read this thing a couple. Of, I found an article finally for it. I wasn't sure if this was, they were just going to give them extra time on their pay cards or they were going to guarantee them extra working time. Like I couldn't tell. No, if it's like, hey, you're guaranteed like extra just, powers. It sounds like just extra working time. Yeah, that's where I landed too. And yeah, it's real gross and. You shouldn't be doing this, you fucking ghouls. You fucking evil fucking people who are willing to literally sacrifice people in the name of greed. It's fucking disgusting. Anybody, anybody who's, who stamped yes on that fucking decision should be goddamn fucking ashamed of themselves. Like, holy shit. What a fucking decision. Fucking go reevaluate evaluate your fucking life, you goddamn. Yeah, so I, I found the great quote. So we'll, we're now quoting the official thing that was sent out. Be creative, rope in your team, and have fun with it. Don't worry, you can't look bad as bad as the uh, as bad as the event team does. Wow, that's a bad sentence. Reads the prompt from GameStop's latest employee contest. They might as well just say. Come in and die for us. Yeah, it's it's for the red wine challenge, whatever the fuck that is. I it's you, you'll be walking away with a um an Echo Eight, an Echo Auto, and a hundred dollar Visa gift card and ten additional labor hours. That just makes me angry. Yeah. Everything about that makes me angry. Yeah. God, I mean... This is why we need, like, labor unions for fucking every job. I mean, because of shit like this. Because, you know what? I mean, I think especially in the pandemic, we've seen that, yeah, people will literally just... You like they will gladly sacrifice you if it means they can buy their third yacht. Yeah, like, they will one. gladly, literally sacrifice you, literally sacrifice your actual life. Not even in a figurative. I'm taking up your, you know, time that you might have had to spend. You know, being human. No, this is a case of no, die for us. Literally, fucking die for us. What the fuck is wrong with them? And the worst thing is, like, if it wasn't a GameStop, like, this is shitty, but, like, okay, it's GameStop, a company that, like, I'm still going, why the fuck are your stores even remotely open? You sell bullshit from ThinkGeek.com and video games, a thing I have not physically bought in, like, over a year at this point because I realized, wait, I can just download these things to my device at home from my phone? Fuck ever going into a store again. I guess collector's edition notwithstanding. Yeah, but... no, no. I paid for the version that comes without a disc. Yeah. Well, yeah. There again. Well, I guess. I mean, you didn't need need to go into a store to get this I went either. Bungie dot net was like, yeah, fucking send me the PC version. Why it comes with nothing except the bull crap. Yeah. I want my because... goodie bag? God damn it. Yeah. Who? Yeah. It's. Yeah. The fact that yeah, GameStops exist still. Blows my mind. I'm not even sure you could actually buy the collector's edition through a store now that I'm saying out loud. I think it was just a through Bungie's website, because they were selling a version that was just, 
hi, it's the stuff, and it costs a game disc less for it. I'm like, yeah. that's amazing. Like, do you just want the dumb bullshit? And I'm like, I do. Yes, that's exactly what we yeah. want. Can I pay extra for you to not put a disc in it? No, but oh, I would if I could. I don't want to have yeah. that waste lying around. I, it's I'm I'm still to this day like kicking myself for Destiny One I owned on a physical disc and like it taught me the lesson <laughs> of if you're going to play this game a lot, don't fucking get it on a disc unless you have a very <laughs> good reason to get it on a disc. Like don't anymore because I like that. That's the thing. I bought like a second PS4 at one point on the road so I could play like House of Wolves when it came out. Because I make really good life choices, and I found a PS4 for a fantastic price. But it was the idea of like, wait, I have to buy Destiny Two, a best Destiny One again. I'm like, fuck that. Why I? And I bought the digital version. It was like, oh wait, I can put games that aren't Destiny in my PS4 now, and like have them mm. there ready to go if I want to play something else. I did it for an entire year, but oh god, yeah, it's the regardless of how you feel about the digital thing, I strongly believe if you're going to play this game like in an on-again, off-again setting, like the way I do Elite Dangerous, Destiny, how I'm probably going to play even Cyberpunk to a certain extent, like basically anything with an ongoing service, why would you be dumb enough to buy it in a physical version that you have to like swap a disc out of your console or PC at that point? They even still do that. Like, just absolutely why? Yeah. Just leave it installed for the rest of eternity. Because mm-hmm. you're going to. Speaking of rest of eternity, you want to talk about Mass Effect? <laughs> sure. Alright, so uh, uh, N7 Day happened. For those who don't know what the fuck N7 Day is, it's the uh, November the 7th, the day that EA, BioWare, the people behind Mass Effect have dubbed Mass Effect Day. And as dumb as I think it is, every year it comes with... Some version of Mass Effect goodiness and stuff. One year it was stuff in Anthem you could buy that made you look like Mass Effect characters, which was cool. This year it brings us a confirmation that the much-rumored, totally not real, definitely real, why the fuck would you trademark this if you're not actually making it, Mass Effect Trilogy Remastered, whatever the fuck correct name for this thing is, is indeed real, and it's coming next year, and... As much as it's going to be just kind of an up of what it is, they're going to be going back and tweaking and trying to make a couple things better. Like, I can think of a couple things that have not aged great in that franchise, but could maybe be better, or just with a little bit of modernization would be a lot better. Yeah. But, yeah, I, it's... As part of this, they also announced, yo, we're working on a new Mass Effect game, and it's only being made by, like, veteran Mass Effect people, and as... Someone who, like, thought Andromeda was trash, but also there was at least defendable parts of it, like the combat was pretty cool. That excites me. I I have no idea when the fuck Mm. you would set a new Mass Effect game, or how you even make a new Mass Effect game at this point, but yay, Mass Effect? (laughs) Yeah, fuck it, I'll buy this thing when it comes out again. I need another version of Mass Effect just kicking around, because I'm an idiot. I want to know what they change. If they finally take grenades out of Mass Effect 1 and give you heavy weapons through all three games, would be real fucking cool, because grenades were garbage! <laughs> That's the sad thing, too. The animation for them was great. They were like fucking frisbee grenades, which was cool and dumb, and you're like, yeah, this is bullshit, but at least it's a thing that no one uses, and 
And they're like, oh, it's gone from the two-second games. You're like, oh, why don't you replace them with heavy weapons? Oh, that sounds way better and actually, like, fun. Yeah. I, I, I personally hope they just release one game disc or one package called Mass Effect Trilogy that, like, seamlessly takes you through all three fucking games as opposed to breaking it up because then people will finally embrace my perspective of, yes, Mass Effect 3 sucks if you think of it as Mass Effect 3 and not the third part of Mass Effect, which is the correct Ooh. way of thinking of it. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to fight with people at Mass Effect all again. Add Krogan romance options, you cowards. There, I said it. <laughs> Give me a fucking Krogan in Mass Effect 3 to hang out with. I will do bad things to get that to happen. Only good Mass Effect games have you playing with Krogans as your teammates. You heard me. But yeah, that's Mass Effect news. You played those games, Henry, or nah? Uh, Like, on somebody else's system gotcha. a little bit. That's it, pretty much. I guess what we're talking... Remember, remember, I haven't owned a console since the Dreamcast. That thing's on PC. It is? Yeah. yeah well, the the original copy of Mass Effect 1 I owned was on Windows Vista. <laughs> but, yeah, I never... I don't know, I guess... Uh, for whatever reason, I never, never got into it yeah. when it was uh, popular... Yeah, it's a curiosity, I guess. I... Moving on from that, speaking of old dead things, uh, old school RuneScape, not current RuneScape, but, like, the OG RuneScape that's full of, like, bots and hackers and all kinds of other madness. It ha- it po- well, it's actually, I mean, the title actually is Old School RuneScape. Yes. Like, that's, so, just to make it clear, yeah. but, yeah. As, as Henry wrote in the notes, the real classic MMO, it broke its concurrent player record. Uh, this is a game that, like, despite every logic, it looks like ass, it plays like ass, it's literally full of bots and hackers and, like, rogue AIs that have learned to play the game, as far as I can tell. It just doesn't die. Yeah. It is a weirdly popular kind of game that, like, for no defendable reason is still around. It's not pretty, especially by modern standards. It's It wasn't pretty even by the time it came out standards. Uh no, it's it's an old it's an old MMO. I mean like it came in two thousand one. Yeah, it still looks it still looks dated by like Ultima standards though. Like it's But it, no, it was three D. Yeah, that's my saying it looks dated by Ultima standards. Um but yeah, 2001, it, yeah, that's, that's a long time ago for it to have come out. But yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's so many other, yeah, it is weird. It is kind of astounding just how it's kind of hung on. But in any case, yeah, um, but yeah, this is, this is the real classic version of an MMO people should be playing. Well, it's that Alex in here to kind of take that on the chin from you, Henry. <laughs> Yeah, I, this kind of comes along with news that's finally coming to Steam in the near future, I guess, or something, because fuck it, why not? Yep. This random me say something dumb, like, oh, I should go play Old School RuneScape, but fuck it, no, I'm not doing that to myself ever again. I already have enough MMOs to deal with, which is two. Yeah. Th- I guess, I guess, 
Uh, Des- Destiny kind of counts, I think. That makes three. And that's already too many. <laughs> uh, Playing the- Destiny this week is weird, man. Yeah, I haven't played it this week. I, just I-, I logged in to try and do some bounty stacking, but also like I wanted to finish off a couple catalysts. And I don't know. It's just a... It's a weird week in Destiny. We're all waiting for something to happen, and my clan's all, we should go do something. But no one wants to, because we're all waiting for the fucking game to drop. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on from that. How the fuck do you go from old broken MMO to anything on the rest of our list? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Ladies. Do some just quick news. Yeah, why not? Um, that Steam playtest beta has officially announced, uh, launched. You can now beta test video games for people. And it's through the system itself, yeah. so no more having to get weird keys and then typing them into Steam. It's just like, it just makes it a little bit more streamlined if you want to release your game through Steam, that is. Yeah. It's still a bit of a weird kind of asterisk conversation, given the fact that, you know, beta tester is a job people typically get paid for, and yeah, yeah. but I, I don't know how I feel on this one. Because on one hand, it makes it possible for indie devs to get access to beta testers, which is cool, and all that stuff. On the other hand, I'm just waiting for Ubisoft to be out there going, we're crowdsourcing our beta testing. Yeah, I mean, like, for instance, for World of Horror... That's not exactly a AAA studio rolling in here that can just fund a beta testing team. Yeah, and that's exactly who should have access yeah. to this. But, like, yeah. the moment COD is like, we put this game through the open beta testing process on Steam. Fuck that. Yeah. You know, pay people for the jobs that they are doing. Yeah. Yeah. For the rest of the year, the Vive storefront will be foregoing its share of the revenue split, which is real cool. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, especially for you know VR develop people doing things in VR, they're really just starting to you know just make anything really. I mean, it's still a burgeoning territory. VR in general is so but that's cool. I, mean, I think that's that's a really cool thing. It's something that they can definitely afford because that's that's kind of a Steam. That's 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 a yeah. That's a company with a with a lot of money. They have launching gnome into space money after all. Yeah, that's not nothing. Uh the Xbox Series S. You know that like weird mini speaker ass looking new Xbox. Its hard drive may be a real problem. It turns out uh, it's. <laughs> Bigger than we initially thought. Uh, There has been some speculation on exactly how much of a problem that thing's going to be, but of its 512 gigabytes of storage, you can only use 364 gigabytes, which I know sounds like a lot, but think about how, like, I think COD is clocking in at, like, 100 gigs minimum these days. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's possible to only be able to fit, like, two or three games on this thing, and... (laughs) <laughs> and this is where, and this is where the numbers get kind of especially unattractive. This thing is being pitched as it technically is the budget next gen Xbox Series device, which is true unless you start factoring in the cost of the upgraded storage thing, which then puts it right back up at the price of, you know, the full-blown big Mac Daddy Xbox Series X console that just came out and 
Yep. I, I thought about buying one of these things because it's cheap and it's cute and it's kind of a weird little gaming thing for history. I, it looks like a speaker. I'd also mm-hmm. technically be next gen. That I could be. Oh, I'm next gen, but I, 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 I think I'm gonna start saving my pennies for a uh, PS5 at this point. It's this has been the week of like the news outlets being able to talk about the next gen consoles, which has been real cool to see, especially the stuff about the haptic controllers on the PS5. But I also don't like the fact that no one's bringing up the incredibly awkward truth of the Xbox, which is if you have a decent PC. Every Xbox exclusive is coming to the PC moving forward, so you don't actually have to, like, the smart move is take the money you'd spend on an Xbox Series X, put it into a PC, and then buy a PS5. Yeah. So I think I'm trending towards at this point. Yeah, it's like I I spent some time this week actually looking at graphics cards, because like, the, the Valhalla specs came out, and I'm kind of right at the low end of, like, recommended and the cyberpunk one i'm somewhere uncomfortably in between min specs and recommended for a bunch of stuff because i have future proof like a motherfucker yeah it, it started to be the point where i'm like okay yeah maybe my 980 is no longer gonna be quite up to snuff and time to start talking about maybe updating that uh ch- that uh processor chip but everything else is good for the time being it's the yeah. end of that era but yeah xbox series x not very big, it turns Series S, not very big, it turns out, and that could be a real problem. Mm-hmm. I guess kind of awkwardly transitioning off of that, because I mentioned Valhalla specs. The fucking source code for Watchdogs leaked somehow. Yeah, that's troubling. Now, they haven't, I don't think that they've verified yet that it is all of their code, but it Kind of seems like it, so it's yeah, like we'd it, have to see some more rule, uh, some more info on that. The fact as, that most websites are referred to as the literal source code for the game, like that's a, a, a giant ass piece of code to leak by accident or leak even intentionally, and B, a real goddamn problem. But yeah, they haven't confirmed it. Yeah, Ubisoft, of course, hasn't properly confirmed it. They're probably still making sure that it is actually code and just isn't just a big. Whatever, I'm, I don't know. But it is, it's troubling in a certain sense. I mean, that that's, that's just comes down to, that's theft. Yeah, and so it, the ransomware group, Egregor, or Gregor, I'm not sure to pronounce that one, is the one making this claim. It's typical, hey, we have something of yours, wouldn't it be a shame if it leaked out kind of thing, or got released to the public, whatever, and... Yeah, if this is indeed true, A, how the fuck did this happen? B, we were talking about this some before the podcast, like, in the world of theft, there's a breakdown of, like, anything below grand larceny is, it's not good to be caught with that, but it's often nowhere near as bad, but once you get above that uh, larceny line, it's a real crime. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, it's like, more than just, like, stealing a game, you're, it'd be like stealing the plans for, like, the Tesla Series S or whatever, you know? Well, so, and... Just stealing one car, you've stolen how to build more. And and maybe you can speak to this some, like, hypothetically for a studio like BioWare, obviously it's not the same source code for multiple games, but given kind of some of the similarities from game to game... Would it be possible that you could use the source code from Watch Dogs, like because you have an overlap of 
programmers and engines and stuff like that hypothetically to use that code to crack other games in some way? Possibility. I mean, it depends on how much of it is engine-specific. Yeah. And if it is a custom engine for... it. See, it, uh, Watch Dogs Legion isn't being done by kind of like Ubisoft's main studio, so I don't think it's using their base engine like the one for the Assassin's Creed games. I forget the name of it right now. So, it but it would affect possibly any other games made with that same engine, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so definitely it could have an effect on being able to kind of... The, because the same engine is going to have a lot of the same exploits, you know, unless they're patched out. And again, this is so, my understanding, but it's an outsider. Like my understanding is some studios, their source codes are iterative of each other. Like, if it's the same engine and the same kind of franchise, you often carry over at least some of that stuff from game to game, hypothetically. Yes, yes, because the game engine will be accessed by the code in the same ways. Like, the code will call the same things yeah. within the engine that, that it's using. Like, within, like, the same API calls or the same function calls, same library calls. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, for example, if you got the source code for, like, the assassin, you know, for the engine used for the last several Assassin's Creed games, then you'd have, then you would know a lot about all of those games. There's, of course, things that are going to be different from game to game, but there's also going to be a lot of similarities on how they interact, how they interact, essentially. So, yeah, that's that's kind of big. That's that's really big, if, it's, if it is kind of verified to be true. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. I will tell, yeah, I, that's... Just a long string of weird news for Ubisoft this year. None of it good with some frequency. Mm-hmm. Open Valhalla is good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, speaking of cyber attacks, Capcom also got hit this week by a cyber attack, claiming they now have one terabyte of customer and user kind of personal data. So yeah, and employees. Uh, sorry, Cap- I forgot to mention that. Uh, 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 Capcom. Their official statement says. They don't think any customer information is breached, so we don't know. I mean, well, I guess we'll know later, of course. So Capcom will have to eventually say, actually, we did release a bunch of customer info, so you should probably change a bunch of your own stuff and put your stuff under, like, you know, uh, Credit Watch, or, or, you know, put your accounts under Watch yeah, for a while. what I'm running into on this one, too, and maybe this is more of like a mobile game issue, potentially, I'm not sure what Capcom has made that would have my personal information linked to it. Like, I don't have a Capcom account that I know of out there. Yeah, I guess it's more... Um, it's it's hard to say. I mean, if you've... Hmm, yeah, I don't know. Because um, the Capcom group is kind of large, and that may include, like, people that buy arcade machines, yeah. and they would have those customers' information. Because that's things like that. When we're talking about the larger Capcom group, we're talking about like lots and lots of machines that are being. They also bought. make arcade cabinets, yeah. Like they, and they make like you know like patchy slot stuff and uh, pachinko, you know, and stuff like that. So I mean, and people buy have you know the whatever the uh, stores buy those machines, you know, and this as well as like. 
I mean, there's that's the thing. It's like when you think of customers, you usually just think of like user end customers, not necessarily about business customers. Yeah, the stuff in between. That, and that's 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 where they could be. That's where this could be happening because Capcom also puts out like products, like uh, you know other products that are for sale, like you know figures, action figures, or whatever, and like. You know, store buys those, and that may be information. There's, there's a lot there that, yeah, that is including customers. That doesn't just mean the end users who play their video games. Well, now that I'm kind of also so, pondering it, where I suspect they probably have like an online store for like merch. That could yeah. be that would make more sense to be impacted by this necessarily than kind of those of us playing fucking Monster Hunter, or whatever Capcom makes at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know who it is: Street Fighter people. Hmm. In fact, that's a whole Capcom ID thing to it. Possibly, yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, in any case, yeah, there's 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 a couple of different types of thing that uh, could be, yeah, that could include customer information. That what you know, that's a that's a large tent. That's a large that's a large idea that in, includes a lot of different types of customers. Yeah, yeah. Don't know. Yeah, that that'll probably pop up in the near future again. Hopefully, in a good way, not in a bad way. But thing else, how things tend to trend, probably bad. Mm-hmm. Moving on from that, though, Tencent continues to just buy fucking everything they can. Which before we launch into this, there's nothing inherently wrong about that, unless you believe in you know monopolies are bad, which I think both me and Henry do. So that's where this gets a little bit worrisome. Yeah, but yeah, they've they've. Uh... Put in twenty five million to buy the Lockwood Publishing. He puts out the three D virtual world called Avakin Life. I mean, they've they've been they've been buying a lot of stuff. I mean, we've reported on it on and off on yeah. the larger acquisitions, but yeah, they're they have their fingers in a lot of the video game industry at this point. Which again, I it's mean, not inherently that weird. Like the the joke of like only five companies indirectly own everything. It's not that untrue, which is a whole other separate problem. Yeah. Like, Nestle owns a, an incredible amount of things. Here in here in the U.S., uh, Clear Channel owns a lot of, lot of stuff. So does uh, Viacom CBS. I mean, Disney owns a crap ton of stuff at yeah. this point, as we know. After a but quick yeah. Googling of Avakin Life, I'm not sure I really mind them owning this, but also... If it's worth twenty five million, that means a shit ton of people probably use this, or at least have installed this weird nightmare yeah. factory sim version. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, that's Tencent just continues to buy whatever they can get their hands on. So yeah, that continues. Yeah. God, that thing confuses me. <laughs> not not Tencent, Avakin Life. Now that I'm looking at, it, it reminds me of like yeah. a bunch of those <laughs> shitty early two thousands like. Dress oh, yeah. up doll chat room things. Oh yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's not Second Life, we promise. It's Second Life. <laughs> it's always Second Life. But last and certainly not least, we bring you kind of a positive news thing this week. We bring you a not necessarily an update, but continuation of the last time we talked about the SAG AFTRA. Uh, voice con- uh, voice actor contract stuff. It has been extended through 2022, which is a good thing, especially seeing as arguably voice acting has become even more important during the year of 2020, 
given yeah. how all things have trended. Yeah. So they'll continue to see the wage and benefit increases that uh, under this extended agreement, and that's great. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a there's a lot. Yeah. There's a yeah. There's a lot of people involved, and they deserve to be paid fairly for their work. This is why unions should exist for every job. Yeah. Because things like this are nothing but good. I mean, a lot of the, like our great labor gains exist because of unions fighting for them. And then they just became like, like normal, like, you know, the idea of having, you know, like overtime is because unions <laughs> is it because of unions. I mean, that's, that's the thing, but in any case, yeah, this is great. I'm glad to hear about this and that's good for the voice actors, which, you know, that it's, it's very easy that they can be overlooked. I think there's more recogni- recognition of voice actors by fans these days than there has been. Like, in just it's been increasing. I think over the past like decade, really, of more of a lot more recognition of voice actors and what they do. So, I think that's really good. Yeah. Well, that does it this week for the Wicked Awesome Cast. Thank you for jo- uh, thank you for listening in. Uh, we have no listener mail this week, which, given the Past week is not necessarily totally surprising. There's been bigger stuff going on than our podcast and mm-hmm. video games in many ways. It's also been a weirdly dead week in the video game world, despite what we just talked about. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of okay with that, given the grand scheme of things. But if you wanted to contact us, send it in at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Down the show notes, spells it sounds, etc. etc. You got anything you want to say before we close it out, Henry? I am all right. So I'll just talk about yeah. I, on social media, I'm Kraken Zero. That is Z E R Zero. That's on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitch. I did change over my Twitch name, and now my Twitch name is just Kraken Zero as well. I mentioned that, and so now it's easier to find me on Twitch. And I, I've been starting. I I kind of use. Halloween week as is just sort of a test run for just streaming more often and you know I was like yeah I could fit this in I could maybe start streaming a little more often but yeah if I start streaming I I mean of course uh it'll be on I will talk about it on my Instagram and Facebook which I just have linked yes <laughs> that's I'm too lazy to update two accounts so I just have one <laughs> account that updates both of them and I like that I prefer it that way but in any case I, I uh, yeah, I'll probably be streaming a bit more often this week. I'll probably be streaming more modern games, and I may continue the horror movie thing or the horror genre thing, but stream a little bit more modern, at least more recently developed games like Dread Out and uh, like Layers of Fear and a few others like that, and maybe even some World of Horror. But yeah, um. Yeah, that's that's kind of it for me. I mean, as far as yeah, what I'll be up to. Yeah, may do some. If I have some idea for costuming stuff, I may do some costuming streams as well. But yeah, that's kind of up in the air. I suspect the assignments will surprise no one, but uh, Destiny streams are coming. <laughs> I will definitely be streaming on Tuesday, probably after towards the 
maybe not evening, but kind of afternoon of West Coast time. I'd suspect if I was going to jump on, it'd probably be closer to, let's say, 7 p.m.-ish West Coast time. So sorry that'll be a tad late for most of our East Coasters, but I will probably be going into Destiny 2 uh, beyond light as raw as possible at that point. Um, So yeah, if you want to check that out, Come see that. It'll probably be an ongoing thing on and off throughout the week, give or take, but I'll try and get through the early parts of that game real early on. You'll get to watch me do all, uh, claim all of my bounties I've been stacking, because I have a problem, despite the fact that I was going, I'm not going to do this, I'll be good for a change, and no, here I am with stacked bounties, ready to go into another expansion, like an idiot! Yeah. I've managed to at least finish off the things that were seasonal. Yeah. Like, just, I finished those off in the past couple of weeks. Oh, I've had just, those done for like over a month now, arguably. Which I stretched them out so that I would, I stretched them out so I would have something to do in Destiny, like, <laughs> so it wouldn't just be like, well, I guess I'll just do some bounties and yep. that's literally it. Like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll stretch out like some of the stuff. That's why you gotta stack them bounties, Henry. You gotta stack yeah. them so when you go into the next expansion, you can power level for like ten seconds and be like, "I'm so ahead of the curve now," and then it doesn't matter at all. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No. I look forward to that. I will. I promise I will play the Assassin's Creed Valhalla between now and next week. Even though I, I'm not saying you should move video games, get the fuck out of Destiny's way, but me personally would have loved if they were like. We shouldn't put out Valhalla the same week at uh, the same week as Destiny expansions. Mm. Like this may be a crossover between those player bases. It's a little bit unfortunate. A week earlier would have been great. Hmm. Yeah, but fuck it, whatever. Valhalla, here we come, both literally and figuratively, I suppose. I'm. <sighs> yeah, I'm excited for that one. Actually, they've shown some cool stuff off for it. I. I'm not loving the fact that, like, both of my computers started having some weird issues the moment I bought that thing for PC. It's like, yeah, you bought Valhalla for PC so you can play more of it. Let's have a hard drive crash. And I'm like, oh, no. What have I done? But here we are. Frantically waiting for the end, I suppose. And by end, I mean release of two video games that I will play way too much of in the week upcoming week. But, yeah. I think that does it for this week. Anything else? That's it. Cue the metal. Cue the metal. 